Hill. Mahomes flings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! This was the Andy Reid special we talked about. He was saving all day. Hartman, who they didn't have, right? And they go get Hartman and bring him back. And the game-winning drive of Mahomes' career. He's been waiting for. He's won Super Bowls, but he's never had it. And in overtime, he is the best. He is the standard. Your Michael Jordan wins it again. I'm proud of my guys, man. This is awesome. It's legendary. Coach Reed's a, he's a legend, man. He'll do that. And I'm a Cole Hartman, man. Battling through adversity this year, giving in that moment and making that play that's special. So is it a dynasty now? Yeah, it's the start of one. We're not done. I know we're going to celebrate tonight, celebrate the Pride Wednesday, Kansas City, but we're not done. We've got a young team. We'll keep this thing going. Fan Morning Show Sports at 590. The fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. He's done it. Third Super Bowl victory in four appearances in the NFL's final game as the Kansas City Chiefs. If there was any denying that they were a dynasty before that is now done as they beat the San Francisco 49ers 25-22 in overtime for his back-to-back Super Bowl championships since your dynastic New England Patriots team. How's it going, Brent? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing it. How's it feel to be old and right? You, uh, well, I've, I've always kind of felt that way. Now I guess it's officialized. But yeah, I was right. Have been right. Mm-hmm. Always been old as well. But yeah, no, I was I, I was right. And I won't say that I never wavered on this Chiefs team. I feel like I tried to make you and you wouldn't. I, I, I won't I won't let you not. And like, you know, like not that you're some, you know, football soothsayer that thought the Chiefs would win. But <laughs> right. like. We had our we had our debates this year, and I yes. will not not let you take your like victory lap yeah. off. Me. I won't let you do it. I'll, Don't be humble. Own well, it. Here's the thing. Now everybody will be on my side of the corner. My take throughout the entirety of this season was like, okay, throw dirt on yeah. the Chiefs at your own peril, but I actually need to see the corpse before right. I right. declare them dead. Right. Okay. And we just never saw it. Want to see a dead body? There isn't one. Yeah, yeah. and they went on the road, and they were underdogs throughout the the postseason Uh outside of the first game against the Dolphins in frigid temperatures back when we had winter. And lo and behold, once again, Patrick Mahomes holding the Lombardi over his head next to Andy Reid. It was was an unbelievable finish for a team that was certainly a different version of the ones we've seen win the previous two Super Bowls. Yeah, there's so many, I mean, there's so many ways we can grow with this, right? Like talking about the game at whole, but if we're just doing big picture stakes, I think the thing that, you know, and obviously the third Super Bowl was always going to climb Patrick Mahomes up a list. You know, we can we can have the debate, or I'm sure we will have the debate all week, all day long about where exactly he now goes to. But the thing that makes this one special is the doing it without. Like, that Super Bowl, he lost to Brady. What was the story? Yeah, he had no chance. He had no chance. He had no line. He couldn't He couldn't stand up. He never had a second to think, and that's all true. But guess what? He had a lot of excuses this year, too. And, like, the defense was better than it's ever been. It wasn't perfect. Like, it had its moments where it's faltered as well. Yeah. And we, against the run this season, they've struggled. And in the look, games, or in the season's biggest game, they came through. Yeah, and then you just see that it's a, it's a version of Mahomes that is just able 
to find a way. You know, we don't think of them as a statue back there, but we also don't think of them as some super fleet of foot scrambler. He knew the rushes for 70 yards. How many key first downs did he pick up with his legs? And, you know, part of that is that's part of his game. Part of that is he hasn't had the weapons that we've talked about all year long. And I think that's what has to, again, I don't know how much people's minds are changing as opposed to it's just stamping home what they always kind of wondered or believed. But I think that's why this one feels different. The number alone makes it special in three. Mm. But the fact that he did it with all the question marks that we talked about all season long, that's what makes this one different. We can get into the minutia of the game in just a second. But yeah, I was thinking about that. So like they win last year. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan decisions to discuss. Shocker. Oh boy. Um, So last year they do without Tyreek Hill, right? And you're like, ooh, that that worked out. Yeah, the the, the best wide receiver in football. Don't need him. But not paying for him. Yeah, that's smart. They, They get even worse offensively this season. They have even fewer weapons offensively, but instead they build up this incredible top five defense in the NFL. And I got to say, I was reminded a little bit of the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm. Follow me here. Okay. So like in an ideal world. You know they just world, won a championship, right? I know. Right? Yeah, sorry. Well, so like, here's the difference is that like Patrick <laughs> Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. And like, despite the fact that the, the counting statistics during the regular season of the, the Leafs core four. No. Is Austin Matthews, Josh Allen? No. <sighs> So if you were going to lay out a, a a way to build a championship contender, you would say, oh, here's how we have this game-breaking talent that doesn't need support. Uh-huh. So what we're going to do is we're going to build this incredible defensive juggernaut, and then he's going to do all the offensive things for us, uh-huh. which has worked swimmingly yeah. in Kansas City. It was the plan for Ooh. the Toronto Maple Leafs. They were doing it well last season. This year is a different deal. But it is actually smart when you have the best player uh-huh. That exists on offense to not like in a perfect world, you just have a fully balanced team, but it's in in cap sports. You can't do that. So what would you do? Would you just support him and just make, we've seen that version of the chiefs Uh as well. Like the early championship teams, they, they, yeah, they, what they hand the Texans a 20 point lead in the postseason. They're like, yeah, we'll eliminate that in a second and a half. But if you were going to put a game plan forth with that type of talent, it would be like, what we see with this Chiefs team, it would be like what the Leafs had a season ago, except again, mm-hmm. I, so it's 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 a comparison that's not entirely apt because one guy is so good offensively that he wins championships and the other guys haven't. But I, t- I understand the philosophy and it, it's worked. This is the cycle in the NFL. You draft a young quarterback. You pray they're good. Because look, development and all that stuff matters, but a lot of it is dumb luck like there have been and I'm not saying that that Patrick Mahomes is dumb luck or the Chiefs are but look at the quarterbacks who went ahead of him in that draft like there are other teams that would not or there there's no there's no sure as day reason that the Chiefs would have taken him if he was there if other guys were there at 15 but he gets to you in the draft and then what do you do you build up an offense around him because you have a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal and it's the most Mm -hmm. valuable thing in all of sport. Forget, we, you know, we talk cap, cap, cap at the NHL all day long. Nothing matters more than having a rookie quarterback that's ready to win. And guess what? When he was, they put a ton of talent around him. And then this is how it works. The offense just has to get less expensive because a quarterback, you know, again, all the cap stuff we talk about, a quarterback's 
it's making $50 million a year. Like, this is not a small piece of the cap or, you know, a bit of a chunk. No, this is a massive expenditure. So this is this this is cycl- or cyclically the way it has to go mm. in the NFL, and that's what just stamps home how impressive this is for Reed as well. Like, I don't I don't want to run away from the Holmes conversation. We can sit here and talk yeah, about how great oh, he is for to. 35 oh, minutes. We're about to do that. That's fine. Like, yeah, I am not – I have poo-pooed it the whole time. Can't. And I said – Keep doing it. Keep proving me yeah. wrong. And guess what? He did it. And I, like I said at the top, this one makes me feel different. This is what you have to do. You have a great play caller in Reed. You've got a man who's magic in Mahomes. You should be able to paper over the likes of your Valdez Scantlings or your McCall Hardmans. Yeah. Shout out to both of them that actually made big plays yesterday. <laughs> Poor Jets fans watching me. Oh, my Hardman. God. Uh, and Mikael Hardman not understanding the game is actually over. So, like, did you see that interview? He was like, uh, the Patrick Mahomes was like, hey, man, you had to tell him, like, the game was, <laughs> you just incredible. caught the pass that won the Super Bowl. Anyways. Felt like Romo and Nance were also like, wait, it's over too? Yeah. Romo, Romo specifically. <laughs> like, maybe right, not the time. Back. Maybe not the time for, like, the analysis of that sp- specific play like in the seconds immediately following yeah. it but that's all right he likes to talk uh so <laughs> anyways Patrick Mahomes not perfect by any stretch of the imagination and in fact you know they score the late field goal in the first half they were scoreless in the second half yep. of the AFC championship that's like four quarters of football where they just barely scored three points mm-hmm but here's the way I felt about it, Brent. Mm. And, and I know you have a different perspective okay. on it. Okay, give it to me. Is that all season long, Patrick Mahomes has done what's necessary, right? Mm. He's, he's He understands the assignment in front of him. He understands that it's different this year than it's been in previous iterations of this Chiefs team. That this team is built on defense. And that he's built on coming back from double-digit leads in Super Bowls. That's like that's his deal. They've trailed by double digits in all four of the Super Bowls he's played in. Mm-hmm. They've only lost one. That he, in the moments that he had to come through, came through. And just like I have all season long, I, I had very little doubt that he was going to do that. In fact, I felt kind of like the game was over in favor of the Chiefs when the Niners, as, as well as they were... Uh, outplaying mm. the Chiefs were only up 10-3 going into halftime. Yeah, I never... The moment it felt over for me was when, like, the pat was blocked. It was like, mm, that's it. There's yeah, no yeah, way yeah, they, they... Who come. calls it the pat? I don't know, P-A-T, extra yeah. point, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard anyone you're call get, it the you're pat. You're getting on me for my language. You didn't like me. Uh, you didn't like me talking about uh, laying an egg via a literal chicken last yeah. week. But the, I mean, look, he's magic. It, the game was actually a kind of a perfect microcosm for his season. You look in the first half, like he throws that pick. Kelsey is wide open. That is just a flat out overthrow to the one target that you should be able to trust. But guess what? He didn't make that mistake in the second half. Like that is the thing about Mahomes is that. Like like all greats we talk about in all sports, you got to put them away when you have your chance. And maybe maybe what you're saying is there is no putting them away. Mm, no, I, there were chances. There were to chances put to put them away. away. You had your chances there. And when you have a guy reeling like Patrick Mahomes, and again, like I go back to say it's a microcosm for the season. This is on the rest of the AFC as well. You had a chance to put this guy mm. away. The Chiefs were reeling. They couldn't find their footing. They we were sitting here wondering if this was the year. Or did they finally remove too much of the talent? And the AFC couldn't put their foot on their throats. And guess what? The four. 49ers and Brock Purdy weren't able to either. And this is a guy 
who you let him hang around the game long enough that he's just going to find a way. Like if that game would still be being played, guess what? There's no way that Mahomes mm-hmm. wouldn't come out on on top of it. You give him too many chances, he's going to take advantage of it. Honestly, and you make the PAT or the pat, as you mm-hmm. call it, uh, and Patrick Mahomes scores a touchdown at the end of regulation. Honestly, you give him a chance with one timeout with, what was it, six seconds left, one mm-hmm. more chance, and yeah. I think he scores a touchdown and wins the game in regulation either way. He does what is necessary. On the other side of things, I mean, everybody's w- waiting to make an assessment of, of Brock Purdy, and mm-hmm. I guess there were still some that were like, oh, I, I, I can wait to, to say that Brock Purdy is not good enough to win a Super Bowl Um it, it, even though he's got himself to a Super Bowl and with a couple of mm-hmm. big fourth-quarter comebacks the last two weeks of the postseason. For me, you just throw Brock Purdy now into the pile of quarterbacks that lost to Patrick Mahomes. Mm. He, he did enough to win. Like oh, he, wasn't, okay. he wasn't spectacular, but he's not the reason they lost the no, football no. game. In fact, made a couple of incredible plays to come back and take the lead against the Kansas City Chiefs. Brock Purdy is, is perfect. He's better than Cromulent. Okay? Oh, like definitely. Brock Purdy in an alternate reality yeah, yeah. where Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, I mean, Joe Burrow has beaten him in the postseason. Help but, us, Joe Burrow, you're our only hope. But in a in a alternate reality where there's no Patrick Mahomes, yeah, all those guys are, are sh- talking about their Super mm-hmm. Bowl war stories and how they, they broke through and became legends in their own market. Sorry, to him, mm-hmm. and especially sorry to Kyle Shanahan, <laughs> but yeah, we live in Patrick Mahomes' world, and and everybody by comparison is inferior. Yeah, I mean, Brock Purdy, definitely. I think you're right that that was not his fault by any means, but what did we just talk about with Mahomes? The idea of you, it's never going to be easier than when a guy is making no money, and he makes literally no money. We've all heard the stories of him sharing rent, and he has his used car, and all of that. Brock Purdy is able to exist in this offense right now. And I'm not throwing out the possibility that this was something that allowed him to take strides and he can continue to grow as a player. But I also think that Brock Purdy is succeeding with Ayuk and Debo Samuel and the most dangerous offensive playmaker in the league for my money in outside of Tyreek Hill in Christian McCaffrey. And those guys are, I should say that level of talent is not going to continue to exist around him. So can the 49ers win the Super Bowl next year with Brock Purdy and the rest of this cast there? Yes, I absolutely believe that can happen. But do I think that Brock Purdy and, you know, I'm not saying I, no one's putting him on a Mahomes or even like a upper echelon level, but I don't think he proved enough that it was, well, even when the talent starts to dissipate around him, that this guy has the moxie, has it. I, I think there are no, still no. a lot of questions in that regard. Sure. But he silenced the people who said he is nothing more than system quarterback no. or something along those lines. That's, no. that's where I'm at on him. Honestly, you, you, you can... You can hit me with that argument, and I can give credence to it if he hadn't come back. Like, I know he looked horrible in the first three quarters of the Packers game, but you know what? He came back from down 10 points mm-hmm. in the second half, in the fourth quarter. Uh, came back against the Lions in the second half. Uh, came back in the Super Bowl yep. against the Kansas City Chiefs. So let's talk about specific decisions here, Brent. Yep. And how you felt about it in the moment and how you feel about it mm-hmm. post-fact now. For me, it starts uh, at the beginning of the fourth quarter with Kyle Shanahan, uh, an opportunity to tie the game with a field goal yep. on fourth and three, decides to go for it. Mm-hmm. Does the Dan Campbell. Loved and, it. And Dan Campbell gets roasted because they didn't get it. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, I mean, it's it's they lose the Super Bowl anyway, so he doesn't get the, the plaudits. But in the moment, there were mm-hmm. people applauding yep. his approach in that moment. They score the touchdown. They take the three-point lead, which is not four because they missed the pat. 
Um, but he goes for it in that moment. And and it's very very counter to what we're used to seeing from mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan. What were you thinking in that moment? Here's exactly what I wrote down in my notes. Uh, I'll I'll like edit it a little. Big cojones from Shanahan, but I love the call on fourth and short early in the fourth. Both teams struggling to move the ball. If this was Mahomes mm-hmm. running through you like a hot knife through butter, I'd say, okay, you know what? Take the points. Let's kind of set. The-. But the Chiefs were kind of struggling to move the ball at that point in time. Worst worst case scenario. You pin them deep. You trust your defense. You bleed this game out a little longer. I understand the idea of if you can get the points against Mahomes, you got to take them, keep keep yourself in the fight. And I know it's a little bit of play in the result because he got it, but I wrote that down before because I wanted to I wanted to crystallize my thoughts on this before it happened. I loved the call to go for it on fourth and third there. I, I didn't hate it, but I wouldn't have done it. I, I'm a more conservative person by nature, mm-hmm. I guess. But, you know, you have a chance to factually tie the game like when you're when you're talking yeah. about a field goal of of that magnitude to to tie the game and it's it's fourth and three it's not fourth and one mm-hmm. you give all the momentum to to patrick mahomes if you get stuffed yep. which i mean we saw the other end of this with, yep. with dan campbell i i didn't love it but obviously results i was like in, incredible play call and it, in that moment actually yeah i thought kyle shanahan understood the assignment now we can talk about some of the decision making in overtime mm-hmm. as it relates to this decision specifically. But to me, I was like, "Oh, Kyle Shanahan gets who's on the other side of the ball. That's Patrick Mahomes, and we can't be winning this game by tying it up with a field goal." Yeah, the other thing that I thought was interesting about it is the now. Now I'm going to ask you this question because I'm sure the like everything in life, the answer is a little bit of both. But is this more Kyle Shanahan having faith in himself and his play calling or his faith in Purdy that he goes for it on fourth and three there? And then there's another like it was a really short. uh, It was a third and short that they had to get in overtime. They throw the ball again. Now, part of this is that Mm -hmm. part of this is that the Chiefs were defending the run fairly well. McCaffrey was getting bottled up, but that's the 49ers done all year. They have run the ball on teams and it's not just McCaffrey, right? Like they get Ayuko and they get Samuel. They have the ability to do reverses. I thought that was very telling. And again, I don't know what it's telling to, but it is either it is proof that Shanahan has such confidence in his play calling ability or Purdy or some element of both that so often mm-hmm. in those massive third and short, fourth and short. Well, in those moments. No, too. I know. That's what I'm getting at is that it is. And but what do you think it more is? Do you think it is Shanahan saying I've got belief in Purdy or do you think it's Shanahan going I got belief in me. I can scheme up a run, sure. And I know I can scheme up a pass. Well, also his, again, belief in Patrick Mahomes on the other side of things. Because he saw him come back from 10 points down in the fourth quarter with Jimmy Garoppolo as his quarterback, right? right? A half decade ago. He understands it, or at least I thought he did. So overtime with the new rules, nothing like getting our first taste of the new rules and playoff overtime in the Super Bowl. Awesome. I, I got to hand up. I like the, the rule. Like, I, yes. I I think it's – I also didn't hate the idea of, hey, if you allow the opposing offense to score a touchdown, you don't deserve to win. Like, I, I hate I, it. I, I it's didn't. a quarterback league. You can't just tell a quarterback he doesn't get to touch the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I think this way is better. Yes, agreed. I think this way is better. Now – in his Would you ex- go crazy and go college overtime, or this is better, like real football? No, no, no. This I is, hate this is better. Yeah, for, I, just quickly. Forever, we thought that was the best overtime. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, let's put the ball on the twenty-five yard line. I'm sorry, like football is mm-hmm. not existing in just twenty-five yard increments. So we can yeah. not belabor the point. So this in, is better. In the moment, though, I was like, oh yeah, you still got to take the ball first in overtime. And and Kyle Shanahan explained 
his reasoning, and this was not something that was spur of the moment. Obviously, you would hope going into the Super Bowl, you're going through every permutation, could every you imagine, single possible could you imagine option. All the meetings they had heading into this game, and them going, "Oh my God, we didn't think about our team." <laughs> right? Oh my God, we thought about everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's the plan? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, he talked about the analytics department telling him that we want the third possession, the khakis. Yeah, we want the third possession because the third possession is sudden death, right? And it makes sense. You go down the field, you score yep. a touchdown. Patrick Mahomes comes down and scores a touchdown. Now all you need is a field goal to win the game. Yep. I, I actually do understand that. Now, that being said, I would defer in playoff overtime, and I think that's what we're going to see going forward here because clearly, like, it changes the math to an insane degree when, one, you know you need a score, yeah. and two, you know a touchdown wins the game. So I, I at least Kyle Shanahan came to the microphone with a really good explanation yep. that, hey, we score a touchdown, they score a touchdown, we just need a field goal, it's sudden death. I didn't hate it in the moment, but mm-hmm. post-fact, yeah. I, I, I Like, the, the Chiefs have to go for it in fourth and yep. one on their own side of the field yep. to, to keep the drive alive. Obviously not a situation they're doing if they have the first possession, yeah. or at least it's a little more murky what, what a decision it is, and if they get stuffed, you kick field goal, win the game. It's not happening if they have the first possession. Yeah, we're not even talking about this. If the, what was it, a holding call or pass interference yeah. or whatever and it, it was. It was a good holding call. It too. was a good call, but yeah, the like we're not even talking about it. If that comes to fruition, I'm with you. I totally understand the logic of it. Here's the thing we have to, and like, let's just throw out the hypothetical. If Patrick, if Patrick Mahomes is a normal human, like mm-hmm. if that's Joe Burrow or Josh Allen on the other side, does it change the math of this at all? Well, so here's the thing. Here's what it does change, I think. And again, like I didn't hate it in the moment, but fourth and four at the nine. Yeah. Kicking the field goal, putting the points You're on the board. And you went for it on fourth and three. It's the well, kiddo, so like-, like how different a situation is it really? Fourth and four at the nine with a chance to score a touchdown as opposed to kick the field goal. And I understand, like, you're taking the lead. Comparing it to that that fourth down yep. that you went for it where you could have tied the game. I think- to me, it's the same. And and that you made a different decision is is illogical. So why I think it's different is that I think the Chiefs, the amount of offensive momentum they have at overtime as opposed to that point in the fourth quarter is night and day. That was still a pretty sloppy mushy game going on at that point in the fourth quarter when the 49ers are going for it. Like Casey had a bit of momentum gathering, but it wasn't anything close to what they had in the overtime there. So that's why I do feel a little differently about it. Like part of it, I know is playing the results. Obviously no, I mean, the, but- the, the chiefs, the last time they held the ball, took it all the way down to the field, down the field and almost scored the game winning touchdown. But that was the first time they had, that was the first time they had really gathered any momentum offensively. In oh, the you're game. talking the Niners or the, so you're talking, the- no, no, I'm saying when the chiefs went, or sorry, when the, when the Niners went, for it on fourth and three early in the fourth yes. quarter. I think, yes, the Chiefs had started to build something, but it was like, okay, you've had one really successful drive. Can you do it again? We're going to mm-hmm. put you at the, I don't know, whatever it would have been, the 20 or something. All right, we're going we're gonna to make you the 15. Drive, the 15. We're going to make you drive the length of the field. That version of the Chiefs offense, and, you know, like confidence for any of these guys is such an important thing. That version of the Chiefs offense that was getting the ball early in the fourth quarter and the one that was getting the ball in overtime, they're different. Like, it was just Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey, and they were heating up, and they were finding a way. And it's all, again, I'm going to do the McConaughey. I love it. It's Fugazi. It's a Wazi. It's a Woozy. It's a... But it was happening. Like, the Chiefs were finding their footing, and I just think that that's why I do feel differently about it. I, again, I, it's to, like, it's to, it's six and one, half dozen to me, the other. It's playing the result. But. It's, yeah, you got arguably... When it's all said and done, the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. In Brock Purdy? No. Uh, giving him an opportunity to win a Super Bowl with a touchdown 
it's not something you want to, it's not a situation you want to be in, right? To yeah, me, you definitely don't want it with a field goal. Like if you got stuff there and sorry, you no, know, no, I'm saying if they, like, if they go for it on fourth and if they go, well, yeah, for, I'm, well, yeah, but that's the, that's okay. But that's the nature of the game, right? Yeah. But okay. All I, I think the point I'm trying to make is that as much as we say, Hey, if you get the ball second and you look at all these fourth and threes and da-da, the chiefs conversely can understand that they don't need a touchdown. They can play. They can they can play it however they want. Well, sure. Not needing a touchdown. I mean, if, if you, a field if, goal there. I think you're Kyle Shanahan, and you feel like if you don't convert there on fourth and four, the game's over, right? Like I, I think you yep. feel not that the game's over either way, but yeah, that this is. I would have felt not that comfortable, and history would prove me correct. Yep. Handing the ball to the greatest of all time, needing to score a touchdown with unlimited time, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, so the. What happens if it gets beyond a second over? Like, is there a halftime? Apparently, like, they would have just kept playing. No, I know. But, like, at the end of the second overtime, would would you have had to score before the no, time? No, my, my understanding, and please, someone from the NFL explain this. <laughs> they're I've all been just searching. quarters? They're I've, all just, like, first quarters? Yeah, I think it's like you would have just, all right, let's 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 go walk to the other end of the <laughs> okay, field. Yeah. Which, if you're one of the people yeah. in the suites that lost, like, a million and a half dollars that were right yeah. behind the end zone, can you imagine? You're like, oh, my God, I'm going to see the winning. Oh, oh got to go the other way. Well, well, that tough. almost was the case yeah. because they score with what a second left yeah. in in the first overtime period. Um, yeah, with Patrick Mahomes at the entire field, the entire play sheet at his disposal all of the time. Yeah. It's like he's going to score a touchdown, and he did. And, and it required some incredible individual plays by him. They, they had a fourth down. They had Kelsey was amazing um, with that in there. Oh yeah. Kelsey, who only had one catch in the first half. But, yeah, it turned into Travis Kelsey. Told you what a good gambling day I had. I was worried. I needed him over 50 receiving yards there, and it was sketchy in the first half. Yeah. To me, there's there's two regrets for Kyle Shanahan. It's one, not deferring in overtime, and it's two, not going – obviously, the results make it an obvious decision in retrospect, but and it's yep. not, not trying to score the touchdown inside the 10 despite it being, what, fourth and four at the end of uh, overtime or your one possession of overtime. Yeah, it's, uh, it is it is a sliding doors moment. And looking back on it, you can for sure say, of course, but, you know, it's, I think, I think where I ultimately land on this is that we can sit here and nitpick. And I, I would imagine you're not all that different from me on this mm. is we can sit here and nitpick Kyle Shanahan's decisions. And it certainly wouldn't be the first time. And until he wins the Super Bowl, it won't be the last. But at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes probably just going to keep getting the ball and keep scoring. Yeah. Once he, once he, once he found his footing, <laughs> which took him a while, like yeah. and it took both teams a while. That was a, that was an awful, disgusting Super Bowl. Quite frankly, for three quarters, at least yeah, a half, two and a half, yeah. at least. Yeah. It was a terrible game. And then it was an awesome game. Yeah. Football the best. Oh my God. I, I got to tell you, I was, I was playing at the scenarios in overtime and how delectable it would have been if Brock Purdy scores the touchdown and then the Chiefs respond and oh. then win the Super Bowl going for two in you walk-off wanted fashion. What you wanted the walk-off too. I would have loved that. All right, time to have the discussion that you've been dreading because mm. it's now no, no, the I'm third fine, I'm fine su- to have it Super Bowl. No, no, I'm actually okay to have it now. Okay, it's Patrick Mahomes' third Super Bowl. He's 3-1. Yep. and one. He's been in an AFC championship game each and every year that he's been the starting quarterback yes, of the Kansas is. City Chiefs. Uh, he's lost three playoff games and we can all remember them one is to the goat and tom brady in a in a super bowl uh and one also to the goat mm-hmm. and tom brady yeah. with the patriots in overtime yeah uh and one is to joe burrow it's not over yet nope. and and brent don't make the straw man it's not okay. over yet yeah. 
But we can have the conversation about the pace now. Sure, we can. We we can have a conversation about the pace. What he has done, the start of a career is as close to perfect as you could possibly ask for. And the thing that will allow him to reach the Brady stratosphere, or maybe, 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 I want to be clear, I don't think so, but maybe surpass it, is another close to decade of close to this. It doesn't have to be this, because if he does this for another decade, guess what? He's passing Brady, and he's lapping him lapping him far and away. But it's got to kind of be close to this, and it was a very difficult year for this Chiefs team, and that is what makes me feel different. I shouldn't even say feel differently, but like stamps home how I think a lot of us have felt about him, is that he was able to do so much with, relatively speaking, so little. Mm -hmm. And you know, Rasheed Rice turned it on at the end of the year. Maybe that's a piece they have going forward. That's going to be the interesting thing is will the Chiefs be able to continue to find, and they don't need to find three or four. Just find one or two guys he can form a connection with, he can feel comfortable with. Again, if we're going to make the Brady comparisons, I'll make them. Brady didn't have five, six, seven dangerous receivers at any given time. Mm -hmm. He had Rob Gronkowski and some version of Julian Edelman he trusted. Sometimes it was Julian Edelman, Mm -hmm. sometimes it was Danny Amendola, and then once in a while, Randy Moss was cruising Mm -hmm. around, but they never won anything with him. So I think there'll be a, there's good, Mahomes is going to have his year where disgruntled receiver X works his way out of town and he, it's his Randy Moss season and they're putting up numbers. I honestly, here's where, here's where I'd say it changed my tune. I can't wait to see it. I don't Mm. think it's going to happen to the point where we're sitting here and saying that he's greater than Brady. And the biggest reason I think that is because he's always going to be 0 for 2 against him. Mm. Unless Tom Brady, and boy, that'd be quite the shock. If he came back to be like, I want him again. Mm. And then he'd truly be the GOAT if he did it. But sliding doors. Don't you wish that he had signed for this one season with an injured Brock Purdy and we got to see these two in 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 another Super Bowl? Yeah, I don't... Here's my here's my take on that. Patrick Holmes didn't want to see that. Sure, you Maybe. can always have that. Yeah. Uh, so we can. Here, I have I have amended my tune that mm-hmm. we can have the conversation. I can't wait to see it. It's just it's got to be, you know, it's got to be another half decade of dominance. And I don't yeah. I don't think anyone's I don't think anyone's Ruling assuming that's stopping at all. But no. sports is so funny, and every time, of course, every time you think something's gonna last forever, it never does. So yeah, I mean, what he's done already is un no, no. freaking believable. Again, let me just to avoid being being accused of arguing with a straw man here. For my money, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is now at worst, yeah, the fourth greatest quarterback in NFL history. And like, yeah. d- don't like who's be- like it's just at worst he's a Mount Rushmore guy. Yep. Okay. At best, he might uh, he might already be the second greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, maybe. Here for me, so, for me, I need longevity before I can put somebody yeah. there. But for what he's done, I, nobody can even even I cannot assail this. Mm-hmm. And he's done it in different ways, and uh, that's what matters. And he, it appears, will never get a chance to avenge the two uh, playoff, two of the three playoff losses he's suffered have has it's, been. To, it's incredible, to Tom Brady. So that's you get that's scoreboard. And if you're if you're if you're willing or wanting to make the Brady argument, you can yep. always point to that. Can I, can That's I, why I think, sorry, go ahead. I, here's what I was going to say. If you're looking, and this is now where we're at with Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs team, that it's like, okay, now they're, and they seem to be embracing the idea of, of building this incredible dynasty and the, yep. the scope of history and it it being on them and and what they can do to, to continue to build the case. Being the first team to go three-peat yep. 
I mean, that's something that Brady never did. Like, to me, that that would if you're looking to 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 Parse add building, yeah, building blocks to, and you are looking at at Brady and Belichick and those Patriots dynasties as the measuring stick. That would be something that they've never done. That would be an argument in your corner. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Uh, other okay, so I want to throw a couple other like hypotheticals at you here. Mm-hmm. So Andy Reid could never win the big one until he got Mahomes. And now he has him, and he wins a big one. Mm-hmm. And it's like Bill Belichick could never win the big one. Now he gets Brady. What would it do for, like, if Belichick comes back, let's say he goes to, like, let's say the Jets just have an absolutely awful start to their season. It's like, mm-hmm. we're bringing Belichick in, and it's proven to be an unmitigated disaster. How much would that kind of change, like, the Brady-Belichick conversation? If it's like, I don't think it'll ever be the case, but if it is, if Belichick has another failed run mm-hmm. somewhere... Will that kind of prop Brady up a little more? Because what say what you will about Reed and the mm. failure he was. It's a failure in a Super Bowl with right. Donovan McNabb throwing up in the huddle and, mm. and all that. The other thing I think is interesting about this as well is that, like, is Joe Burrow actually now the only guy who can change this conversation in the immediate future? Because let's say Josh Allen, let's say Josh Allen and the Bills, yeah. they do it next year. They it, it's not just that they make it to a Super Bowl or but they beat Mahomes. To do it. Okay. Oh, okay. Congrats. You got one on him. Like Joe Burrow is the only guy who, mm. if they were to beat the Chiefs in a playoff game next year, can have any standing mm. to say, I'm on a level with Mahomes. And guess what? He still wouldn't have it because you got to go win the game to, mm. to do that. But that is the interesting thing about me is that he has neutered so many of the, you know, rivals or, you know, guys on his level around him that it really does feel like Burrow's the only guy who can, and I don't even mean to say change the conversation, mm-hmm. but just like alter it ever so slightly. Even though, yeah, he lost to him in an AFC championship yep. game a season ago. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he has one of the three victories. He's the, the only guy not named Tom Brady. In a very bizarre second half in that Chiefs game, boy, like Patrick Mahomes looking very strange in that second half of that mm-hmm. uh, AFC championship game yep. against the Bengals. But yeah, no, scoreboard beat him. And and yeah, we know the, the record and Burrowhead and yada, 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 yep. yada. Yeah, maybe. We didn't uh, even mention the, the, the guy in the 49ers just running into the punt. Mm-hmm. How big a change that was in the in Yeah, the that was not well. ideal. No, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no, that's not, like, I'm not saying, before you straw man me, I'm not saying that to denigrate the Chiefs win or anything no. like that, but well, Patrick Mahomes had is... the worst pass of the day, too. Yep. The one interception by oh. either quarterback was one of the worst Kelsey... passes of, of Patrick Mahomes' career. Kelsey was wide open, yep. and he over, he was, it wasn't like he was pressured, he was on the move, but, I mean, come on, you gotta make that throw, like, it's it was Patrick ridiculous. Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, it's Patrick Mahomes, how dare you? Mm. All right, there's so much uh, still to get to when it comes to this game. We'll talk to Charles Davis uh, after 7 o'clock. But coming up next, there's also a lot to talk about from Saturday's Leafs game, including the Leafs losing their number one defenseman for at least five games, it feels like, probably six. Went full Dale Hunter. Uh, We'll talk about Morgan Riley's pending suspension next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back to the point, Willie. Shot coming, blocked. And it's going to be pushed ahead with an empty net with eight seconds left. Oh, nice shot. Ridley Gregg wound up and then slapped the puck into the net. 
And he just got leveled by, was that Morgan Riley? Yeah. Who took exception to that? What do you think of Morgan Riley's reaction to really Greg's slap shot into the empty net? I thought it was appropriate. I think he's reacting to a play. Their player has the right to do what he wants in that moment, and our players have the right to react. So, you know, it's the motions of the game, and that's the way it goes. When you say it's appropriate, why do you think that's appropriate? It's pretty apparent. Well, we obviously didn't like uh, uh, the result on the empty netter, so, you know, we're going to stick together and, and uh, um, stand our ground uh, when necessary. Have you ever seen a guy slap shot into an empty net before? I have. Just a, a stupid thing to do by, by their guy there at the end. Stop showing it? Yeah. Uh, fan, yeah. fan morning show, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Ben Ennis, Brian Gunning, Ridley Grigg, um, giving us lots of fodder. Thank God for him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Honestly, yeah. good on it. Like, I, I say this not sarcastically. It sounds yeah. like a good job by you. Yeah. Needed that out of that one. Yeah. So, I love doing a morning show in the immediate aftermath of a big game like the Super Bowl. I, I love having a pass at a great narrative story like this Morgan Riley, Ridley Greg thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's been picked over a little bit because it happened on Saturday. But yeah, the people are are out with their takes. This one is takes. a hotly debated topic. Obviously, everybody's seen it by now. At least yep. lose five through the centers. Uh, Ridley Greg with five seconds left. Yep. Empty net. Nothing but an empty net in front of him about mm-hmm. five feet away. Winding up. Like going full like John Daly. Oh, like yeah. past parallel. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> very good. Good, <laughs> good Sla- reference. Slamming it into the back of the net and uh, around the sideboards. And Morgan Riley approaches him. And I mean, I'm putting yeah, my spin on it. the ball. Yeah. yeah. Looks like it. he goes to punch him, but he's still holding the stick. Okay. Right. And it does slide up his shoulder and yeah. he cross checks him in the face. There's just, there's no denying it. Multiple scrums. There's another face-off, and Ryan Reeves is on the ice. To- Brady Kachuk screaming, "Don't let him fight! Don't let him fight! We don't want that!" Because he knows he's going to beat the wheels off of whoever he fights. <laughs> right. That was actually sorry. I just like I don't want to belabor this too much, but that was far and away the funniest part of it mm. is Kachuk wanting so badly, obviously, to be on the ice. Yes. And Martin being like, "Come on, we're not doing this. Like you're going to yeah. sit here and settle down. We're going to yes. get the win, and you're yes. getting out of here fine." Yes. And him screaming, "No, no, do not let him fight!" <laughs> and all I wanted was revote because I forget who 12 is on Ottawa, but yeah. the two of them were at it all yeah. night long. Yeah. So uh, in the aftermath, Morgan Riley has been summoned to New York for an in-person hearing, if he which wants, means... If he wants. Just sure. offered it, you know? Uh, yeah. And I don't know if it's going to matter, um, but that allows the NHL to go beyond five games in its suspension. Brent... Weigh in on on the, the biggest narrative story in the NHL today. So, okay, again, just like really great, good job. Uh, w- I, the Shaq meme, I was unfamiliar with your game. I've understood <laughs> based on everybody out of Ottawa, this is what you do. You like being a heel. Good. Welcome to the Battle of Ontario. If it's ever going to mean anything ever again, you need guys like that in it. So good job. He has every right if he wants to do his hot dog move and clap it into the net on an empty netter and showboat, fine. And guess what? The Leafs have every right to be mad about it. The best part about it, from my opinion, is watching Morgan Riley. Now, you can't see his face because just his back's to it, but he doesn't, this isn't like full sprint incensed rage immediately. He's just kind of following him. And then as he gets closer, yeah, he's like, like, you know what? what? Yeah. Did not like. <laughs> and there now, like you can do Zabruder film with screenshots. What I think he was going for was a two, like a nasty cross check to the bicep area, yeah. shoulder, and Greg. Now, 
I've seen some people say he turtled. I too would duck if somebody was trying to cross check me in the shoulder head. Like that is what I, that would be my natural reaction Mm -hmm. as well. So I'm not going to kill him for ducking and hitting him in the head. But then he lies down like he's been shot. And oh, look at that. He skates off the ice. He's just, just fine. You know, selling it a little bit. Everybody handled this exactly as should be expected. Greg, you're supposed to be a heel. Mm -hmm. You're at home. You got a million Leaf fans in the building. All your fans want to do is have something to rub in their face. You give it to them. Morgan Riley on a team that all we ever talk about is all. They never stick up for each other. They never stick up for themselves. And yeah, I I suppose I would like them to defend like a teammate as opposed to the ghost of the empty netter Mm -hmm. or whatever. But no, just getting mad that you lost the game. Be mad. That's what's supposed to happen. They lost three of the four games against the Senators and regulation so i have zero problem with it and also sheldon keith thank you mm-hmm. for not coming to the mic and saying oh well you know we could have handled that with more maturity no every other team in the league is allowed to get mad all i've heard for the better part of two three weeks is how the florida panthers are the most exciting and greatest team in hockey because all they are is offended for three hours they show up to the rink mad they win a game they pick up two points and guess what they somehow leave even madder than before they got there the Leafs need some of that in them. I love to see it. Now, all, all you, oh, what message is it sending? I don't know. Parent your kid. Go tell them that that's wrong. I hate that argument, so I you know that, loved it from you, Riley. Yeah, I can't call that an entirely straw man argument because there are some people and even some people writing articles about how, like, you know, the adults are not in the room when it comes to this discussion. Here's, I think we agree on the main points here. Everybody did their thing, and I had no problems with any of it. Nothing. Like, it would have been bad to see Greg suffer a serious injury, I suppose, which is possible. Yeah, he didn't go McSorley. Yeah, that that type of stuff happens. It wasn't a direct shot right on his face, and I'm sure given the opportunity to go back and replay it, I, I think Morgan Riley would say, yeah, I wish I'd just hauled off and smoked him in the face with my glove. It's funny. This is actually this is actually the Nazem Kadri argument from when he got suspended in the Jake DeBrusque mm-hmm. hit. If he would have just mauled him and yeah. said, "I'm fighting you," yeah, or just grabbed, would have gotten an instigator the, or whatever. whatever. So yeah, it's actually the exact argument. Yeah. He would have been better off. Would have been better off punching him and yes. taking him to the ice than he would have been cross checking him in the neck. So he, yeah, the 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 point where I'm gonna get upset, but I don't know how upset I'm going to get is, okay, he's gonna get six games, it feels like, because Dave Perron, got, he, the six gamers mm-hmm. for Perron got yeah. for cross-check to the head of Artem Zub, which I I don't think is an apples-to-apples comparison, because no. it over the course of play, and it's it's more direct, like, cross-check right to the head, mm-hmm. but I'm sure the NHL is gonna use that as president, yep. because Perron also, like Riley, had no previous history yep. of discipline with the NHL. To me, though, God, you can go through the litany of of different uh, egregious plays that have been mm-hmm. uh, towards the Maple Leafs or, you know. Can that, I give you my personal favorite that's uh, been making the rounds? Sure. There was a Wayne Simmons play from the yeah. bubble season yeah, where two Habs cross-check him on either side of his head. Yeah. One of them breaks their stick on that's his right. neck, yeah. and that was not. It was a fine, I believe. Oh, well, good thing. So we've set the precedent there. <laughs> right. No, a guy broke his stick on Wayne Simmons' neck by mm. cross-checking him, and it was a fine. Yeah, that's and where, this is going to get six games. Well, because it is—it's a Leaf game. It's a hockey night in Canada game. That was a—I'd like to remind you—that was a Leaf game between the Leafs and the Canadians. If mm-hmm. there are ever eyeballs on it, Brent, I'm going to make you more mad. Here. Yes, you are. Okay, I think I've, I think I know what you're going to say, and I think I've seen it. Please make me mad. Oh, I really? It. I, I love getting worked as, into a battle. Has somebody dug up the numbers like I have? So Leafs also, notably in that game, had no power play opportunities, right? Mm, okay. 
a second time this season they played a game without a power play. Uh, I went through just the the Atlantic Division teams oh, okay. that are ahead this of them in the standings. Okay. Okay, I want to hear what the stat yeah. you thought I was going to okay. come with. Oh, it's just it's just that like the Leafs have had a ton of suspension games, like more than other teams. Oh yeah. well, yeah, yeah like that's and that's obvious yeah. because because yeah, the, all the eyeballs are on them. There's a reason they didn't announce the suspension during the Super Bowl <laughs> when they try to bury every bad piece of news that comes out. Yeah, they're going to announce it. I I wouldn't be surprised if Peros comes on Merrick's show today to be like, "Hey, Toronto, yeah, eat this." Yeah. So here are the teams ahead of the Leafs uh, in the Atlantic Division. And, and the number of times they've had no power plays in a game. Uh, and also the Leafs have had one or no power plays in a game nine times this season. Nine times there's been either one nine power play times. for the Maple Leafs or zero. And again, twice there's been zero. Bruins, how many games have they played without a power play? I'm betting zilch. No games. And they have the six, old, the six old with one. Man. Nobody! Yeah. Ooh, bad boy with a tough narrative weekend as well. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't. I uh, can't wait to read you to regale me. Oh, yeah. Went out of business and uh, oh. people didn't get their furniture or their money back. Uh, uh, R.I.P. <laughs> to everybody involved there. All right. So, Bruins, zero games with zero power plays, six with one. Panthers, how many games did they have zero power plays? Also zero. Oh, shocker. They have five with just a single power play. Mm-hmm. Tampa, how many games have they played with zero power plays? Hmm, let me guess. Zero! Oh, my God. <laughs> they have three with just a single power play. I I don't like to do the tinfoil hat stuff, but, like... It's not. It's not tinfoil hat stuff because it, it, it makes sense. There's a narrative here, and maybe it's a little bit different in the postseason, but clearly this is a league that wants to focus its attention on the team that they believe the rest of the world thinks has an mm-hmm. unfair advantage. Yep. Where pretty clearly evidence would suggest that it doesn't. I think there's two things there. Uh, okay. Just let me just get my actual opinion that I don't have anything to back up, but I do believe it. I have long felt that the league treats the Leafs as though they are a little league dad umping their own kids game yep. where they go, look, I'm going to call this fair down the middle. Mm-hmm. But if push comes to shove, I'm going to go against my own kids so nobody could say that right. I have favor against them. And the Leafs are the league's kid in this instance. And boy, do they treat us bad. We are a latchkey kid. Uh, can we get an outdoor game, please? That's the way I look at it. But I also think it's all the stuff we've talked about. That when you're not a scrappy team, when you're not a greasy team, when you don't play the game, the whole game offended, the penalty count doesn't stack up. And we know that the league loves to even out these things more or less over the course of games. You don't take a lot of penalties. You don't get a lot of penalties. And the Leafs are not a team that just has a parade to the box. Now, it's very frustrating that that doesn't bode in their favor when a guy like Morgan Rowe, like immediately have to go to in-person hearing for something along these lines. So I think that is what frustrates me the most about this is that the Leafs, it's a double-edged sword. If they get more jerks in here, mm-hmm. if they Florida Panthers it up, they will be officiated, I believe, to a slightly different standard than most teams. I don't think it's going to be egregious, but I don't think they'll be looked at as, okay, well, it's a fair game, got to even it up. But because they don't have those guys, I also can't sit there and say there's not a reason why they don't get their power plays. I get so annoyed by it. I would love them to just set a standard and call it. But much like in football, you can't do it. There's penalties on every play. There's hooking on every play. There's interference on every play. You have to set a standard in the game and stick to it. And more often than not, the Leafs end up on the worst side of that because they don't play a particularly aggressive, hard, you know, angry game. And that's why. Yeah, that's part of it. 
But man, it's a, big, it's a big part of it. I love the tinfoil hat. I really mm. do. But that is such a huge part of it. This Tyler Bertuzzi. I liked his game. I have. Mm. Like, I I killed him for the first two months of the season. I feel like I've really kind of walked back on that. I've liked what he's done lately. We haven't seen the jerk mm. Tyler Bertuzzi getting in Max Domi. Mm-hmm. He's had moments of it for sure. Has he been some super pest that's in everybody's skin? No. Mm. Ryan Reeves. He's no. yapping. And you he's gotta, out there for seven minutes. You got you to gotta set the Draymond Green standard here, too. Where they can't call everything, right? Yep. Like that's I mean, we saw it with the Panthers. It. We saw it in it. the five games against the Panthers. That yeah, you can be the most penalized team in the postseason, but eventually, like, yeah, they're 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 not gonna yeah, when you're Paul Maurice and you're holding up the six two, eventually that that message does ring home. Anyways, it is kind of a it's not it's not necessarily tied into what's coming for Morgan Riley, but to me it's a little. It kinda is. It's like and, they're not brothers, but they're cousins. And I'm, I guess I'm not allowed to get too upset at the six gamer, which is coming because I, I think if you could bet on this thing, I would wager it all on the NHL coming down with six, right? If you you, you go yeah. to an in person hearing, it means you can go above five. It would make no sense to do that and then hand him a three gamer. He's getting six, and again with the the president of Peron. It being six. So I guess, like, logically, I can't get too oh, upset. You're, oh, I'm sorry. You're using logic mm. to decide what an NHL suspension is going to be? Well. In what world? Like, I'd love to sit here. Everything you said makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. I also think they're going to spin the wheel of justice. If Honestly, if it, <laughs> if it ended up being four games, I wouldn't be floored because I could see a world where they said, okay, we gave them the in-person. Everybody look. Look, we, we did well at that hearing. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Has, what, what, are, what is the history of going to these in-person hearings and it not being at least five games? That's a good question. I don't know, but I don't think it is a definitive, like, you will absolutely get over five games. Spezza, I, I, he got six. Mm-hmm. He uh, appealed it. It got knocked down to four. four yeah. Obviously, it's a different play, but I don't know, like, malicious attempt against a guy you were angry at. Again, it's a cross-check versus a knee. So, yeah, a lot, a lot at play there, but I, I wouldn't... I, I wouldn't be shocked they gave him eight. I wouldn't be shocked if they gave him four. Oh, I'd be shocked if they gave him eight. I think he's getting six. I yeah. think you can take it to the bank okay. that he's getting six, and they're going to miss their best defenseman for a half dozen games, although you look at the month uh, yeah. that he missed a season ago was their best hockey. TJ Brody about to turn it on. Who I is? guess. Well, that's the thing. It's a slightly different team. and Just the, a bit. Yeah. Goaltending yeah, looking Gio, a little. Yeah. And the goaltending yeah. looking a little wobbly. Uh-huh. Yeah, I haven't talked about that yet. Uh, we'll get to that oh, probably yeah. later on in the program. Mm-hmm. When we come back, um, probably for the final time this season, we'll talk to Charles Davis of the NFL on CBS as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.